I'm going to go ahead and do some introductions. My name is Latanya Mance. I'm a transportation specialist with Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. I've been with the agency for a little less than 15 years. Started off as a program assistant. Worked for the Ontario California Field Office. Safety Investigator for the Ontario California Field Office. Transferred to the Richmond Division Office as a safety investigator as well. And now I'm at headquarters writing policy about electronic logging devices for you all. And this is my counterpart here. I'm Danielle Smith. I'm also with Federal Motor Carrier Safety. I'm in the Passenger Carrier Division. Uh, this is my 27th year with uh, FMCSA. Before that, I came in the industry, uh, intermodal, uh, irregular route, uh, warehousing, a little bit of everything. So I've been on both sides of the fence. But now I'm in the Passenger Carrier Division. And uh, I was on the ELD rulemaking team, and now on the implementation team. So, with that, we'll get started. Alright. So, on today's agenda, we're going to start with our new subject. This time last year, when we were here, we started talking about the LDs, and we got to the exemptions part, so we the presentation after the last. So, we're going to leave with that to make sure you know that you are in the right place. And then we're going to talk about the resources that are available to you on the FMCSA website. We're going to follow that up with some details about phase one of the EOB implementation plan. And then we're going to talk about EOB phase two, driver responsibility and the motor carrier responsibility. RU subject. So I put this chart here for those individuals who aren't quite certain if they're subject to the EOB rule or not. So the first question is, are you currently required to record your hours of service on a paper log now? If the answer is yes, you're going to move to the left and ask yourself, did your operation or the vehicle that you operate with meet any other limited exemptions of the ELD rule? Those exemptions include, if you are a driveway tollway operation, you are not subject to the ELD rule. If you are required to record your driver's hours of service on the law for less than eight days in the 30-day period, you are exempt from the EW rule. And if you have a manufactured model year of 2000, later than the, later, later, older, older, older than 2000, you are exempt from the EW rule. And then there's a short card with so if you meet any of those exemptions, then you are not subject to the ELD rule. But if you don't meet any of those exemptions, then you are in the right place. And we're going to continue with the presentation. So here I have some resources for you to take note of. We have some webinars that we pre-recorded to talk to you about the ELD implementation rule overall. And then there's another webinar pre-recorded to discuss the ELD phase one implementation part. And then soon, within the next month or so, we'll be publishing another pre-recorded webinar to talk to you about phase two. And we'll have scheduled live Q&A sessions where you will also participate in over the phone. All right, so let's talk about phase one. We're currently in phase one. It started February 16, 2016, and it will end December 18, 2017. So phase one is 
So let me conclude. During this time, drivers and motor carriers are still allowed to use paper logbooks to record drivers out of the service, automatic onboard recording devices, devices installed at Bobby software application, and ELD. They're still allowed to do that right now until December 18, 2017. Now just to give you some comparison about these three different devices that you're allowed to use right now. With the AOBRD, it must be instantly synchronized with the CMB. It must automatically record the driver's hours of service. There are limited technical specifications that are outlined in section 395.15, and it does not have to be registered with FMCSA. Now with the device that has software, logging software applications, that does not have to be instantly synchronized with the CMB. It does not have to record the driver's hours of service automatically. There are no technical specifications that must be met, but it does have to meet the 395.8 requirements, and that's the form and manner requirements. It does not have to be registered with FMCSA. This last item here, this last item here, ELDs, must be instantly synchronized, must automatically record the driver's hours of service, has technical specifications, which is outlined in the ELD rule, and it must be registered with FMCSA. We're going to go into a little bit of detail about what that means. Your device must be registered with FMCSA. So again, right now, drivers are allowed to still use paper logs, AOBRD, devices installed with logging software application, and ELDs. We understand the drivers may feel a little bit uncomfortable using the electronic logging devices right now, so are their employers. So right now, during phase one, you can still record your driver's logbooks on, excuse me, still allowed to record driver's hours of service on paper logs and have electronic logging devices installed in the vehicle they're operating. When they get stopped at roadside, they must inform the inspector what their official method is of recording their hours of service. The inspector is going to accept that, whether it be the paper log or the electronic logging device, and that's how they're going to verify their hours of service on roadside. So during phase one, these, this chart here illustrates what you can be cited for when you're using one of the devices. So 395.8, as I mentioned earlier, is applicable to the device installed with logging software application. It's not applicable to AOBRDs or ELDs. 395.15, as I said earlier, is specific to automatic onboard recording devices. And then lastly, all of the devices, all of the devices are subject to the hour of service limitations. 11 hour, 10 hour, 14, 15, etc. And the CVSA out of service criteria is applicable to all three devices as well. So, an electronic logging device must be self-certified and registered by the vendor. Once the vendor has self-certified that the device is compliant with the ELD rule, they will then register the device with FMCSA and the device will be listed here on this link right here. This list is available to you all. This is the only list you need to be referring to when you are going to purchase an ELD. If it's not on this list, 
It's not an ELD. In this list, you have access to the company's telecontact information and their email address, as well as the user manual. So if you have some hangups about whether or not you want to purchase or you can get listed, you can use the resources here to contact the actual victim. Um, the green card ELD rule. 
is that electronic data transfer. Now we're going to talk about backup methods as well, but in the electronic data transfer, there's, there's two options. There's telematics, and then there's local. Telematics, that's like through the cellular, like internet, etc. The local means that the devices will talk to each other just right there beside each other. And that those options are the local or USB, or the local is USB or Bluetooth. So in the telematics, we have, um, sorry, I kind of got out of my little group. Telematics, we have the email and web services. So what will happen if your EMD supports telematics, the officer will give you a code, they'll type that in, and you'll hit send. Because in the EOD rule, it was required that the driver have a one-step compilation. So you don't have to go in there and select seven days before, and today, or we don't need this day or that day. It's a one-step compilation. So you'll select that, put in the code, it'll go to the officer. So with the different types, talking about the telematics or the local, the provider, the person that makes the EOD, only has to select one of these. So if they select option one, which would be telematics, then they have to support both methods within that option. So that means with telematics, they have to support email and they have to support web services. If the provider selects local, then they have to support both methods within that local transfer. So they have to have USB and Bluetooth capabilities. Now what will happen on the officer side, the safety official side, is the states will select one for each option. They may select, say, uh, web services and Bluetooth. So if your device is only telematics, then they'll transfer that through web services and that's how they'll receive it. So they have to select one option or one method from each option and the ELD only has to support one. A lot of the devices that you'll see on the web, our web page support both. It's only required for one. You need to continue? <laughs> All right. Okay, so we just talked about that. See, the. So we talked about the safety official prior. Prior with the ELD, the provider, and then we talked about the safety official. So the ELD selects one, and then the uh, safety official selects one method within both options. Now, follow up fails. Sometimes we might, if, you, if your, your ELD supports uh, telematics, and as we know, if we're out in some of those western states and rural areas, we may not have telematics. So I like to call these the backup methods. There's an ELD display requirement, and then there's a printout from the ELD requirement. The ELD does not have to support both. The provider can select the display, so that means that display will be the backup method, or it can do the printout from the ELD. So if printout is the selected method, then the display requirements are not subject to that ELD. So EROTs, electronic data will be analyzed by the electronic records of duty status. 
That is the program that the safety officials are going to have to have. Now, what ERODS is going to do, it's going to accept that, that data stream, and then it will populate um, the officer's device, computer, etc., and it will give that officer indicators of where to look for hours of service violations, possible tampering, manipulation, malfunction, etc. So, with that said, as far as, like I said, it will alert an officer for an hours of service violations. We talk about annotations. You'll hear us say the word annotation a lot. Basically, what an annotation is, it's your comment. It's equivalent to your remark section in your record of duty status. So, the ELD allows you to put in those annotations. So, for example, you drive 13 hours because you hit an adverse driving condition. Well, it may show up as a 13-hour, but your annotation of adverse driving conditions will explain that. So, ERODs can read that data stream, but it won't be able to read your annotations. So, the officers will continue to look at that record of duty status similar to what they do today. <coughs> So, like it says, ERODS is basically a tool to help expedite hours of service review. Nominal hours of service. With the EOTs and the AOBRDs, as you know, some of these are right down to the second. So, what happens if we drive 11 hours and 6 minutes? Well, it's still a violation. So, with the electronic records and duty status, when you go over, it's still a violation, but if the hours of service violation is less than 15 minutes, it's going to be cited as a nominal hours of service violation. As you know, your points are added to your violations. A nominal violation does not have the weight. So it still is a violation, it's just not as much weight. And, you know, just because it's a nominal violation, you know, we're still going to use those nominal violations to identify patterns. You know, we've always been required to plan our trips. So, you know, we know how long it's going to take. If it's going to take us 11 hours, but we know we're going to have to go through that rush hour traffic, and that's not an adverse driving condition. So, we might need to make sure that we plan it to give us some extra time. And, um, like we said, it has less impact on that safety management score, but it is still a violation. Malfunctions. They're little computers, right? And what do our computers do? They malfunction. You know, I don't know about you guys, but I couldn't go to work in the morning and if my computer didn't come on. It's, I'm, I'm just so attached to it. I can't do anything without it. So with the ELDs, yes, we're going to see that there's going to be some malfunctions. So the first thing when the driver identifies that there is a malfunction in the ELDs, no longer recording the hours of service, then the first thing you've got to do is provide written notice to the motor carrier within 24 hours. Now in today's technology, you know, we have text messages and we have fleet management system messages. So, you know, and a lot of these ELDs are just little applications on that fleet management system, just like an application on your cell phone. So you may have that capability to send that email that way. So just make sure that once it notifies your uh, malfunctions that you notify the carrier of that malfunction because that carrier is going to have to act on that. They've got a time frame as well. 
to get that EMD back up and running. You know, sometimes a hard reboot will pull back up. Sometimes what they call a, um, um, I can't think of it right now, but a data call, they'll do a push to the EMD to kind of wake it up. So most of these malfunctions are easily fixed, but then, you know, if it's something of uh, any, you know, substantial problem, then you know, the motor carrier needs to know as soon as possible. But the first thing you need to do is reconstruct that previous seven, just like with the AOBRD. I know a lot of you guys have probably already been using a device, you know, that's similar to the ELD. So, you know, with today's technology, yeah, we still got to go back to that paper log because you've got to have that previous seven with you. But, you know, if your carrier can fax them to you or email them to you and you can do it, shop at a truck stop, a computer printout shop or something and get this printed, that would suffice as well. You know, if they, the ELD rule does not address, you know, the emailing of the, the, the PDF version, I guess we could say, of a, of a paper log, but if they can email that to you, it's definitely going to help you expedite, you know, filling out that record of duty status if you do have that. Instead of trying to go back seven days and reconstruct, I don't know about you guys, I don't look like I remember what I ever suffered last night. It would be totally impossible to go back, I would think, and get everything accurate. So, these backup systems, you know, we didn't require the telematics, but if you do have the telematics, if you can do that, it would help you guys a lot. So, also continue to uh, use the, the paper rods until that malfunction is fixed. So, the end of the working day. You know, on a paper log, you always have to certify that these, these entries are true and correct. But now with the EMD, if it's hardwired you know, to that vehicle, you know, all of your work is not necessarily in that truck. So when we talk about an EMD, we talk about that device in that vehicle, plus we talk about any support systems that go along with it. You know, it doesn't have to be tethered. You know, it could, it could be your personal device that you take around with you everywhere. So if you're, if you're subject to have somebody else drive your vehicle, the first thing you need to do is log off duty. Put yourself on duty, not driving, if you have other work to do, and then log out. Now, then, once you're through with your shift, log back in and enter that missing data. So if you're also, for example, doing some warehousing, and you're in, you're, you know, you're done for your driving, you're pick up and delivery for the day, and now you're gonna go in the warehouse and work for a while. So you spend a couple hours in there, drive a forklift, and now you need to enter that as on duty, not driving, and then put yourself off duty for the day. Once you do that, then you need to also click your certification. I hereby certify that my data entries and my record of duty status for this 24-hour period are true and correct. Just like on the paper law, you're going to certify this at the end of every 24-hour shift. And then the submission to the motor carrier with 13 days of being generated didn't change with the telematics versions of the COPs. Uh, they're, you know, they're going to be submitted automatically more than likely, but you know, if you've got that pure AOBRD that doesn't support the telematics, then you'll still need to submit those within the 13 days, just like the paper law. Edits. Yes, a driver may edit the record of duty status. This is a big thing with the EOD rule because that record of duty status is yours. 
duties that is true and accurate, so you have every right to edit that record of duty status. Also, a carrier now with the EOD rule can only propose edits to your record of duty status. You know, now with the AOBRD rule, or the 39515 compliant AOBRD, you know, it was the supervisor that had to make the edits. And I know there was a lot of supervisors that were making edits that the drivers weren't necessarily, you know, excited about. So with the EOD rule, it stops that. The carrier can propose edits to your record of duty status, and you may accept or decline. Now, there's a thing in here called unassigned driving. The EOD is required to capture all movement of that vehicle, whether you're logged in or not. So, if there's if somebody got on that vehicle, drove that vehicle, and didn't log in, and now you're getting on there and you're logging in, that unassigned driving is going to pop, you know, pop up. It's going to say, you know, is this driving yours? However, you know, the, the provider words that. And then you can either accept it or decline it. Now, so that will go back to the motor carrier. Then the motor carrier will do their research, figure out who that belonged to, and then they'll propose that edit to your record of duty status. Then you have to review that, and you either accept it or decline it. Just remember, if you do not accept that, uh, that unidentified driving, and it really did belong to you, you know, that could have adverse effects on your average service. It could put you over violation. So, you know, make sure that when the DOD prompts it, that there's unidentified driving, that we forget, you know, we forget to log in sometimes and then drive. And then the, the EOD at that time will prompt the driver to pull over and log in. And then you can accept those miles. So just keep that in mind. Operating without an EOD. Now this goes back to whether we're subject or we're not subject to the EOD rule. So when it's required, and when, when you're supposed to be operating with the EOD and you do not have it, you know why? Could it be removed from the registration list? So, you know, of course that would be a violation. And one thing I will say that we have violations, they're not published yet, they'll be in the CVSA uh, service criteria that's published in April. So those will be up and coming, so stay tuned. Uh, or an ELD malfunction. So we talked about that ELD malfunction. So if it's required and it's malfunctioning, you know, have you gone through the steps? Have you, have you reconstructed the records of duty status from the previous seven days and, up, of course, up until the point of inspection? And, you know, with the rule, as we talk, there's so many different ways you know, that, you can, that you can do your hours of service depending on if you're subject to the ELD rule or not. So if there's just certain days for whatever reason that ELD can't produce that transfer file, but yet there's only two or three you know, that needed to be reconstructed. You can still send the ELD records, those three days that they did record, and then you're going to give them the others that did not for paper, how will print out, however that will work. So, don't want to confuse you too much, but you know, with that malfunction, just make sure you account for every day, whether it's an ELD record, an AOBRD record, or your paper log, you know, reconstruction. 
when it's not required. You know, Latanya talked about the limited exemptions. So, you know, the short hair, the short haul driver um, still stands. You know, if you stay within the 100, stay within 150, you can still use that short haul provision. So you're not subject to the ELD. But, you know, every now and then, you know, you take some runs on the weekend. So if you get over those eight days, you're required to use that ELD. And now you're on the ELD for that one day. But you've been on a time card previously, just like paper logs, you don't have to have that record with you. You just need to have that ELD record with you when that ELD record is required. So one of the things that um, the rule addresses is the um, exempt driver account. That's for that, for example, that short haul provision driver. That short haul provision driver, if he gets in a road tractor, <coughs> then you know that road driver doesn't want to have to deal with that unassigned driving. So that short haul driver can have an exempt driver account. That driver will get in there, log into the EOD, and then those miles will go to that uh, exempt driver account. They will be sitting there on the ELD for the road driver to have to deal with it. Also, mechanics, test driving, uh, washers, you know, fuel island workers, etc. They can all have these exempt driver accounts. It makes it easier on the driver. It makes it easier on the um, the motor carrier. They don't have to work so many of those unidentified driving accounts. So. If the driver is in that uh, road tractor and they're a 100 mile radius driver, then that driver's not going to be held to that e using that ELD on there if the driver's pulled around you know, for an inspection. Okay, motor carrier responsibilities. The record retention requirements did not change. Whether it's an ELD record, Paper record duty status, printout from a, you know, the device installed with the logging software, with the logging application, with the e version of the paper log, uh, printouts from automatic onboard recording devices, uh, now using an ELD. All of those record retention requirements stay the same. Uh, six months retention. Well, whichever form of record duty status is acceptable under Part 395. Okay, some of the things that the, that the motor carrier has to keep that's a little different. Um, driver accounts. You know, they've got to set up a unique account for every driver. The driver's first and last name uh, is reflected on the driver's license. And also, it's going to include that driver's license number in issuing state. So each driver will have a unique username and, of course, login. And it'll all be created and tied into the CDL for identification purposes. A list of users, you're going to have support personnel, you're going to have IT folks and safety folks that are going to be working on these ELT, ELT back office systems as well. So the support personnel, of course, they don't, don't have to have CDL. So it would just be a first and last name, you know, and then they'll have their unique username. So multiple persons cannot share one account, even in the support. Each one has to have their own account. All drivers of the commercial motor vehicle may have a driver account. For example, we talked about that exempt driver account. So if you're not subject to the ELD, but you may be driving a vehicle that has an ELD, then the carrier can set up an account where you just log in. All of that driving time goes to that exempt account. 
So we discussed the unidentified driving earlier. Of course, once, once again, you know, when you do have an unidentified the driving, you need to sign that out, you're going to annotate it. You're going to take why. Put that remark in there, why we have that <coughs> unidentified driving. And then, of course, you're going to do your research as a motor carrier, figure out who was on that vehicle at that time, and assign that out to the appropriate driver. And then that driver would um, you know, either accept or decline. We discussed that. And then also, in the unidentified driving, those records have to be retained. That six-month period, just like the records of duty status, and must be provided when the official requests those. Mostly we're talking about in-house now when we're talking about motor carrier. A company policy on an unidentified driving is something that is really going to have to be put into your programs as a motor carrier because that driver has the right to decline those miles. So the first thing is to prevent this unidentified driving. So we talked about knowing when to log in, knowing when to log out. That is one of the things that you need to instruct your drivers as a carrier to do. I mean, make sure that they understand that that EOD is going to record all that movement. So, you know, if you're just moving for a short time, go ahead and log in, or a short distance, I should say. Go ahead and log in, or you're going to have a lot of events come out of that unidentified driving report. And then make sure you log out. I cannot stress enough how important it is if, if somebody else is subject to get on that vehicle that you've been driving, make sure you log out. Program that 
you know, they understood that you come to that mutual agreement, you know, here's your payroll, here's your loan sheet, here's your trip sheet, you're on this truck, you know, you need to accept these lines. So that's why I say it needs to be part of your policy. And then once again, made that comment earlier, accepting that driving time at a later date could adversely affect your hours of service. Or you had nine hours in 52 minutes, now, you know, we got 11 in 52 because of that unassigned driving that we had to plug back in there. Editing ELP data, we've said that before, carrier can request the edits. Of course, we're going to put in a remark, a notation of why we're requesting that edit. But the ELP must retain that original data. So when you go in, you submit the edit, the edit changes the record of duty status, but that original data still hangs there in the background. It's not allowed to go away. And driving time, like I said, cannot be shortened. Team drivers only. So, to be maintained on file, of course, we talked about that list of users, those unidentified driving records, the original ELD data, and any paper records of duty status that were created, you know, as a result, you know, of a malfunction. And the motor carrier side of that ELD malfunction, of course, you'll keep those paper records of duty status for those periods. And the gentleman asked about having two different log books, you know, is there ever going to be a time we're going to, you know, say you have two different log books. We understand that it takes training. You know, we understand that you can't just put this device in here and expect everything to go just absolutely fine. You know, we're going to have to have a little bit of a trial and error period. What most providers do is they tell carriers, you know, put the driver on the vehicle, have him go through the process, but have them keep the paper record of duty status, and you say which one is the accurate record of duty status. So we understand there's going to be a bit of a training there. Eight days to repair or replace. We talked about the driver notifies you within that 24 hours. You get that notification, it's down. So you have eight days to repair it. Now, it's something that's catastrophic. I mean, if it's just one device that possibly, you know, it's a hardware problem, maybe, you know, it was broken or something, you know, that goes to that eight day. But if something terrible happens, catastrophic, every one of your fleet gets the blue screen of death, and now you've got to replace every one of them or you've got to do some serious reprogramming, then the carrier can ask, request for an extension. And you would request that extension through the division office where you're domiciled. So just like we talked about earlier with the roadside, the telematics option versus the local option, same in-house, same with the motor carrier. When the safety official comes in and requests a records of duty status, we're still going to get that electronic version. So the support system either has to do the telematics, either email web services, or it can do the local USB or Bluetooth. Automatic on-board recording devices, that's those devices that have been, you know, 
been used by several motor carriers since 1988. They are not subject to the ELD technical specifications. They're subject to those minimal technical specifications in 395.15. So let's talk about an expansion of the fleet because after that compliance date, that drop-dead date in 2019, we have that grandfather period. These guys can keep rolling for an additional two years. So during that grandfather period, if the carrier expands their fleet, if they add more, you know, buy new trucks, say, then those vehicles have to be, have to have an ELD installed. So now we may be working with two back-office systems if they don't, if they don't have interoperability. If you replace a commercial motor vehicle, for example, you know, your trade now, then you can go ahead and take that ALBRD and install in that added vehicle. So as long as you're just replacing vehicles, you can continue to use the ALBRD, but if you're adding, you're growing, you're expanding, those new vehicles have to have the ELD. Question? That first answer was great. Thank you.